0: The Witching Hour with Aaron Mazza is a Mind Garden media podcast in association with Screw You Todd Productions. My name is Aaron Mazza, and this is The Witching Hour. Hey everyone, it's Aaron. Sorry I've been MIA for so long. Yours truly has been seeing a lot of change in the past month from getting a new house and a new job, all at the same time, it's been absolutely nuts. But let's kick off Season 3, and without further ado, I'm going to give you an episode featuring the wonderful Diego Dioshozi, author of Sacred Leaves, and a chief of Kimbanda, an Arisha priest, and a resident of Sao Paulo, Brazil. But, before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to the wonderful hosts of the Castaways podcast, Sarah Jude and Kelsey Jean, lifelong ghoul friends who have a taste for all things paranormal, witchy and just plain spooky. That's the Castaways podcast available wherever you listen to your pods. Okay, for real this time. Here we go. Good morning, Diego. How are you?
1: Good morning, Errol. I'm fine. Thank you. What about you?
0: Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm having my first cup of coffee. This is the earliest interview I've ever done.
1: <laughs> what time is it in your, it in your place?
0: 8.21 in the morning.
1: Oh, whoa. It's 10.21 in the morning in Brazil.
0: Oh, my gosh. That kind of brings to my first question, For those who don't know you, tell us a bit about yourself.
1: I'm a Brazilian writer, and uh, actually, I'm a Brazilian businessman that became that becomes a writer for five years now. And in the middle of this, I've I, I was and I am actually a Orishas priest, a and a Kimbanda priest. So all my writing life, all my writing uh, career, let's call it, uh, began with my priesthood. So, when I became a Kimbanda priest, I decided to register to write down the history of the initiate the, the woman that initiated me. Mm-hmm. And it brought it, it took me to a huge research about the, the origins of spirituality in Brazil of African spirituality in Brazil. And well, that took me about three to five years researching and that gave life to my first book that was uh, published in Brazil in 2015 and now it's been published in the U.S. last year. It's called Traditional Brazilian Black Magic and that gave the, start, the, the starting point, that was the starting point of my whole writing, or writing type career. So now I dedicate myself to running the the publishing company, the publishing company I, I have in Brazil, running the Orishas temple and running the Spirits Temple. So that's all my life for ten to fourteen years now.
0: That sounds that, that sounds very busy.
1: Yeah it's a it's a little it's a little busy, but we can always manage things off.
0: It, so just, you you live in Brazil, so what, what does, does like, like pagan like, spirituality it does, just uh I'll say, like, I like native spirituality, spirituality, spirituality look like, like in Brazil, Brazil. You know, how is I'm it different? Sure.
1: The pagan spirituality for uh, for the African spirituality, you mean? Y- yes, yes sir. sir. Actually, we understand that paganism in Brazil is a very wide, has a very wide meaning. Because when we speak about pagan spirituality outside Brazil, especially in the US or in Europe, we are basically talking about magic. We're basically talking about witchcraft and uh, Wicca per se, or some uh, some black magic traditions from from Europe. But when we talk about paganism in Brazil, we have a huge uh, spectrum that gets uh, traditional Euro- uh, European black. Uh, Witchcraft that gets Wicca, that gets all kinds of esotericism, that gets uh, mystical practices, and that also gets uh, spirits practices from Africa and from Brazil. Uh, Brazil was originally, uh, I I don't know the exact word in English, but was originally originally populated maybe uh, by native Indians, and they had a the, the sort of shamanism, kind of Brazilian shamanism from their practices, their uh, nature connections and everything like that. And due to the uh, slavery process and the enslaved Africans that came to Brazil, or that actually that they were brought to Brazil, forcibly brought to Brazil, these enslaved Africans had contact with the the natives in Brazil, and they kind of Organically created a mix of shamanism and African practices, and a little bit of uh, Christianity, a little bit of all sorts of different magic that was practiced by these people. The the enslaved and uh, forced people to in the in the mid, in the beginning of the of sixteenth and seventeenth uh, century. So. When we when we talk about paganism paganism in Brazil, we are talking about all this stuff together. You know, it's very difficult to find a a spiritualist Brazilian that doesn't have one uh, that doesn't have more than one practices of their own. So Umbanda is the most known tra- spiritual tradition in Brazil. It's a, a spirits practice that gets all oh, love, charity, all oh, let's enlighten ourselves to become better people but especially to become better spirits when we when we pass out and it's very uh, similar to, to cardassism. you know Umbanda has these similarities with cardassism and with the Christian point of view oh we gotta do good to, be, to, to guarantee, a good place after that, after dying, mm-hmm. and in the other hand, we have, uh, Kimbanda, that is called, also called traditional Brazilian black magic, that is not exactly a harmful tradition. Because when we talk about black magic, we're basically think, we basically think about oh harmful spells and worshiping the devil or things like that. But when we talk about Kimbanda, it's not quite that. We are talking about a self-centered and a selfish tradition. And if in, if in Umbanda we have the, oh, let's take care of the other, let's practice charity, let's practice love, t- uh, trying to reach a good place after dying. In Kimbanda, we are trying to reach a good place while we're living. So we gotta take, we got to look for ourselves. And that's why I say Kimbanda is a selfish religion. We gotta take we gotta take care and look for ourselves first. And if I'm good, if I'm prosper, if I have love, if I have a good job, if I have a a harmonized life, well, then I can maybe try to take care of others. We we cannot give what we haven't, you know. And this is the basic spectrum of spirituality in, in, in of paganism in Brazil. We have, of course, a lot of uh, other expressions. Witchcraft, uh, European witchcraft, became uh, very known in Brazil for the last ten to fifteen years. But if, if we're talking about history, if we're talking about uh, time, actually, ten to fifteen years are basically nothing. <laughs> and when we're talking about Umbanda, when we're talking about African practices in Brazil, we're talking about 100, 200, 300 years of history. You know, so. It's very usual to, to deal with this spirits slash spirituality things in Brazil. I don't know any Brazilian that, if not, pract- not practice this, at least has some knowledge, has heard about, and it's very organic. I think that's the, the best word to use. Uh, paganism and spirits practices in Brazil are a organic thing that we usually take contact since birth. That
0: just, that just sounds, sounds like, like a, a beautiful, beautiful rich, rich heritage. heritage, you know, you what, know I mean? what I mean? mean? Because it makes me think a little bit of Haitian uh, <clears throat> you know, you know because they, they brought, brought a lot brought of these spiritualities, spiritualities from Africa from that, to to that small island, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. mixed together with the indigenous people who lived on the island, and that's how
1: Haitian Voodoo was born. Exactly, uh, the the African practices in Brazil are very alike the Asian, the Haitian Voodoo, and uh, especially not not in the rituals per se, but in the in this dynamic that mingles up with the people, and it gets at a point that you don't know exactly where where or when this started. And they kind of mixed up with the popular culture, you know. Of course I can I, I can tell my personal history. Oh, I started in, in spirituality like this, like that. But there is no specific point that I can say, oh, that thing happened and I I, I met this or that person that hiddenly took me to a temple. And no, it's it's a thing that we live since childhood mm-hmm. you 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 speak uh, uh, you you talk about it in family meetings you know oh there is someone i know someone oh there's a temple that's it's very common for us and a lot of popular practices also oh, let's do some uh some protection to our house or let's do some uh i, I don't know the exact word in english in brazil we have this different it's differences between oh let's do a spell which is a magical thing that you do in a temple but you have that common rituals that you do at your house you know we call it simpatias there there
0: are, are, i think we call, we call it folk it magic, magic folk
1: magic yeah thank you uh and a lot of these folk magic practices they they have their roots in in african uh traditions in in african spirituality that came to brazil and got contact with uh brazilian uh natives and all this mingled up and created a kind of Brazilian spirituality, I think, I think that's the, the, the best expression to use. <laughs> it, it's,
0: it's a, uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of it's like, it kind of like, kinda kinda like, like that, that it was almost born, almost born out of necessity, necessity to maintain a necessity. sense of identity.
1: Exactly. That's, that's exactly the thing.
0: And, and that's, that's usually how, how we find... The... Like, like a lot of magic traditions born, born but, specifically but specifically ones that are from South America and the Caribbean, Caribbean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because There's a lot a of the people in that area were were oppressed by, by, Europeans, by Europeans moving in and, in and trying, trying to force, to force their, their culture, culture mm-hmm. and their, their mindset, mindset and, um, on people who already had a established, established spirituality and a, a sense of identity. identity if that, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes total total sense, and we have it. We actually have some uh, some discussions for a, a few years now that talks exactly about it because any any kind of spirituality there is not any kind of pagan spirituality, and I guess it's not only in Brazil that it happens, but uh, any kind of pagan spirituality in Brazil is automatically uh, related to devil worship for for mm-hmm. those, who, who, those who doesn't practice this. But why this happened? And that's the, the key question for, for it. Why does any kind of non-Christian practice is automatically related with the devil? And the thing is that there is one single answer for it, racist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Racist, pure and simple racist. Exactly. <laughs> because you don't, you don't see French cardinalism being uh diva related because it's white, well-educated French originate. But when you talk about Haitian voodoo, when we talk about uh, Umbanda, when we talk about Kimbanda, when we talk about any kind of orishas or loas or spirits practice, which basically all the, all of them originated in Africa and got to Americas due to slave traffic, that they are all automatically said. Oh no! Now you're worshiping the devil. It's it's going to do harm for you. You're you're just looking for some some harmful spells. You're just looking for yourself. And why is that? Because it's back, black people heritage.
0: Exactly. It's, it, it makes, makes perfect, perfect sense. It's because it's a, another thing, thing that, that I think it is Diego is people, people who fall who into that camp tend to be willfully, be willfully ignorant. ignorant. Exactly. Exactly. And They're so scared of how big and beautiful the world is that they don't want the to open their worldview even just a little bit. And a lot of it has to do with that. I'll just say it a lot of it has to do with because Christianity makes lots and lots of white people very, very comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What they don't <laughs> understand terrifies them. Kind of like, like there's lots of, we're dealing a lot of fear in the U.S. with people who are trying to discount science. Yeah, that, that's the And everything. The point. It's, just it's just a willful, willful ignorance that, that is, doing is doing harm to a lot of people. Lot of people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'll, Sorry, get, I'll get, off get off the soapbox. Box. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, <clears> how <throat> did you find this? Did you grow up, up with
1: it? Yeah, I, I grew up with this. In a in, in, in manda temple, my grandmother and my godmother, they were mediums in a, in a temple. They practiced Umbanda for their whole life. And, well, when I, when I was born, my mother went there as a visitor to, to get some spiritual healings and some spiritual... Uh, I, I really don't know the, the, the English word for this. But well, to, to as a visitor in, in the temple to the public sessions. Mm-hmm. And I actually uh was born with an uh a very, very serious disease, a kidney disease that until nowadays doesn't have a cure. You have treatments for it, but you don't have a cure. And my mother, my my grandmother uh took me to a lot of temples, not only the temples she attended to, because it was a Umbanda temple, some kind of uh smaller, a simpler kind of uh, magic but she took me to a lot of priests and priestesses that practices some hard, uh, some stronger kinds of uh, African related spirituality and the richest practices and well the doctor said I wasn't going to live until the, the age of seven and from that moment on from when my mother got this this uh message from the doctor she took me to a lot of places to a lot of healers to a lot of uh practices trying to look for a solution and the thing is that when my grandmother took me to a righteous priest and she said well you do what you gotta do to to save him he said okay i'm going to do all all i know and i'm going to do what's needs to be done to heal him but once it's done one day in the future he will have to reclaim these practices he will have to fulfill the the spiritual path some some kind of pact you know I'm going to heal him and he's gonna have to dedicate his life to, to the Orishas and the spirits but while well, I was three or four years old at the time. And nobody in my family remembered that when I, when I grew up. But the thing is that exactly in the year I turned seven, seven years old mm-hmm. when I was supposed to die. I remember it is like it was today. I went with my mom to the, to the hospital, to the regular check-ins and the doctor came with all the, that, uh, hospital papers and, uh, exams and things like that that we have in the hospital and she looked at my mom and said mom I really don't know what happened because the disease doesn't have a cure you just have a treatment but Diego is healed he doesn't have anything and he can that that was the, the 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 phrase the doctor used I don't know what happened but the disease disappeared
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And he doesn't need to come back here. He doesn't. He's not going to die. He doesn't have to come at the hospital anymore, and he can have a full life from now on. I was at uh, at the age of age of seven, so that magically made my my uh, made me rebirth. You know, mm-hmm. and well, I teenage years came. I grew up and went to college and, and things like that. My life goes on. And when I turned 21 years old, I had a lot of uh, things happening in life mm-hmm. that curiously made me move to, to a new house in the same street of a new temple, the first temple I, I attended as a medium. And there, my spiritual life became because it was very once again it was very organic. I didn't knew that there were a pact in my in my childhood. I need I didn't knew I would have to to do something to, to practice something. I just wanted to, you know, go to a temple, practice something, check if things are going uh, are going okay, and well, go on with my life. And the first time I entered that new temple, I was living in another city, a thousand miles away from my mom, and. Well, I put my, step there, uh, put my foot there and went to a public session. And the, the priestess in, that, in the temple looked at me and said, you got to take your things back. you got to be initiated. you got to do, do your past uh, your because you, are, you need to be a Orishas priest and you need to be a spirit's priest. And that's your fate. And I said, whoa. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it took me, whoa. But at the same time, I said, whoa, and I said, then, it, 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 you know, all things came back in memory at that moment, and it was a rush, a mind rush, and I sense. well, okay, now all things make sense. Now all that things I didn't remember, I've seen when uh, in, in my early years, all the things that happened during childhood and everything like that. Now it all makes sense, so let's do it. Let's reclaim this path. And that's the, that was the, the turning point of my life. I was 21 to 22 to, to 22 years old. And from that on, it looked like everything and every day in my life was being directed. So I got here where I am now, in living and running A Rishas and a Spirit's temple in a worldwide uh, dimension, you know because nowadays I have, due to the the books and due to all my work in writing and publishing and everything like that, people from other countries are uh, looking for me, are looking for how they can devote themselves to the spirits and to to the Orishas too, and that now all makes sense to me, you know?
0: You've changed changed a lot lot lot. of lives. I remember at my my friend's friend's botanica in in South South Oklahoma Oklahoma City. City, Uh, he had a lot of various, various books, books. And, and I remember, I remember seeing your name, name on the shelf. shelf now that, that I think, think about it, and, and I, think, I think, think it was it actually, was actually before, before the book, book I, had, I had, in had in front of me, Sacred, Sacred leaves, leaves, was translated mm-hmm. into English. Mm-hmm. He, had he had the, the a, smaller, smaller copies of it. I don't know how he got. I don't know if they can they ship to the US, but I think like a few, just like like a few copies of the book, and. I saw, I saw your, your name, name and I'm like, like where, where in the world have I seen that name before? And then I go, oh yeah, it was at a <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> your book, your book. Uh, what inspired my... you to write those <laughs> little books?
1: The the Sacred Leaf book is my second was my second book in Portuguese and curiously my second book in English, and it all started. In the in the moment I was becoming a priest I was preparing myself to pass for uh, for the rituals that would turn me from a initiated into a priest and I I had I I used to have my I used to have no I still have but at the time I was starting my my weblog and internet was all growing up in Brazil people were getting their uh, their smartphones and it was becoming very popular to have internet connection anywhere you you were, not only at home. So uh, a lot of people look, look for me at uh, due to my weblog and due to my internet presence, asking for uh, daily rituals and folk magic they could do with herbs, with uh, uh, herbal baths or uh, fumigations or smokes to increase love, to increase prosperity, to uh, spiritual cleansing, you know, that daily rituals. And... It was a lot of. It was very nice to be recognized by by my writings and things like that. But at the same time, I started to realize that a lot of people were looking and were needing the same thing: daily rituals, daily uh, knowledge, uh, things that they could do in a regular basis and not only inside the temples. And the most common way of doing magic is herbal magic. Mm-hmm. It's in orishas tradition. It's in witchcraft. It's in even in in Christianity because you don't start a mass without a burning burning smoke at, at, a, at a traditional mass, a, Christ, a Catholic mass. Hmm. But so uh, I I didn't have the the goal to become a writer at that time, you know? But I realized that, well, a lot of people need the same thing. A lot of people are looking for the same solutions. So why not to write this down? Why not to, uh, instead of answering every time and every time and every time again the same thing, why not to create some magical guide people could use at their houses? Why not to register this Orisha's herbal witchcraft uh, tradition that can be, di- can be done for, uh, for anyone, not only by priests or priestesses. And that was the starting point of the book. So in, in the original editions, in Portuguese editions, it is not a single book as in Lew as in Orleans' publication, The Sacred Leave as a Magical Guide to Orisha Herbal Witchcraft. It's actually the, the gathering of three different books pu- I've published in Portuguese, there are The Power of Leaves, The Magic of Leaves, and The Secret of Leaves. Because it all happens uh, happened by living and understanding what people were looking for, you know. So the first book, The, uh, the Power of Leaves, was this, uh, the original publication, and uh, I, I teach it's the first uh, the first part of the Sacred Leaves book also. And where I teach how to identify plants, uh, plants' power, how to identify their magical parameters, if they're a male or female leaf, how you uh, combine them in a ritual to create your own recites, how you enchant them by singing to the leaves, and with this song, with this sacred song, you say to the leaves what what's their power, what the power you want to uh, to awake. <laughs> them to to do so and all this African root uh, magic uh, use of leaves, that's the first part of Sacred Leaves and that was my first book in the Sacred Leaves trilogy published in Portuguese and well, okay, I was an independent uh, writer at the time I, I've created that and I said okay, I guess this makes sense, let's publish this for a few friends and uh, well, a, smallest, uh, a small print running and it started to do good, to sell good, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the time that people were buying the this independent book at the time, and they were reading that they were, oh, okay, it's amazing. Now I know how to do things. They started to ask, but which plan should I use? Now I know how to do, but I don't know what to use. And once again, I saw myself, okay, now I'm answering the same thing and the same thing and the same thing again to to, to, to not let these this people without a, an answer, you know. But it was the, the same the same thing again. And okay, so now what? They, I, I I did what I uh, I did that. I I've written it down. I've published a book, but it's not enough. Then I wrote the second the second volume, uh, the Magic of Leaves, which is the last part of Sacred Leaves book in English which is the magical uh, the the magical dictionary so I decided to, to research and look for a leaf for a day and that's why the book has 365 uh, 65 different species cat- catalogued and identified by their ruling power their element of, uh, of nature their ruling orisha, and their specific power because once uh, once again it's it was a very organic process you know I I've, I've taught people how to do, but I didn't say what to use. Then the second book became. Now I'm going to put it uh, put it off and say what how, what to use, what ingredients, and what leaves serves for what goal, for for which leaves serves which goals. Uh, what are their, What are their specific powers and things like that? And well, it was a huge success in Brazil that made me start my publishing company until that day, I was just an independent writer publishing myself in a smallest printing run and things like that. And the second book took, took me to another level in publishing uh, business, you know? Uh, and once again, now I have teached how to do, I've teached what to use but then a lot of people from other traditions, outside the Orisha's magic, outside the Orisha's temple, and outside the Orisha's spirituality, come look for me, and said, "Okay, but I don't, I don't practice. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, I don't practice the Orisha's faith. I don't know how to deal with the Orishas. But I'd like to make a bath. I'd like to use herbs in another way. Is there another way to use?" Herbal Magic, and then became the third book of the Portuguese series, There is The Secret of Leaves, and in the English, uh, with, uh, Llewellyn did an amazing job by putting the three books together in a single volume, so the, how, how to say this in English rightly, the middle part of Sacred Leaves book by Llewellyn is the third book in Portuguese, because they reorganized the, the book series to be to, to make sense in a single reading. You know what I mean? I and The Secret of Leaves we will leave Orisha's magic aside and we'll look for other kinds of pagan practices. So we are going to look to Feng Shui from Japan. We're going to look for gypsy and folk magic by creating uh, magical pots with herds in, uh, in your house, by harvest, by creating magical gardens, in, in your house by uh, sacred cookery and sacred cuisine that you can do to, in your daily uh, daily life while, while cooking. Uh, we're going to, to look for crystals and uh, talismans, talismans and all these sorts of esotericist practices that influenced Brazilian spirituality. And that is, uh, as as we mentioned before, it's a very organic, mixed thing that we live here in Brazil. But then I've tried to separate things. That the first part of the book, the first part of Sacred Leaves, is all about African practices and African rules to do Orishas herbal magic. The second part will leave the Orishas aside and look for a lot of other uh, magical practices in the world. And the third part of the book will say, well, now you know how to do African and non-African magic. Then I'm going to teach you what to use. And you can have a worldwide guide for leads. The greatest thing is that, well, if you created a recipe or if you were told of a magical recipe that uses rosemary, for example, but you don't, have, don't know where to find rosemary, you can still do your ritual because one of the biggest lessons on Sacred Leaves' book is the exchanging rules from one leaf to another. So once you have the Leaves' Dictionary, or this the last part of Sacred Leaves' book, and you understand what's the ruling orisha of that leaf, what's the element of nature that rules it, what's the magical classification to may or male or female leaf, hot or, or cold leaf, and these are all magical parameters that you need to use to, to create or recite. Once you have this dictionary, you can exchange one leaf for another because you know their magical parameters, you know their magical powers, you know their magical ruling, so you can find for an equivalent. And that's why secret leaves can, can be used, can be read and used all over the world.
0: And that's and that's, uh, that's one of the things that I really liked about like your book, and it was, it was very, very it has a very, very practical, practical application, application. Mm-hmm. And, and it and is it a is wealth, wealth of information. information. It's and like it's a like I have all, all kinds, kinds of different, different books, books that, that I, call I call materia Magicas that are that are herbal, herbal books, books. They, and they and they, and they, they flow, flow just fine. But yours is the first one I've seen that is specifically designed for those walk the Aries path, but can also be for those who do not walk the Aries path.
1: Exactly. That was my major goal while, while writing it.
0: So, what, so what's, what's next, next for you? Are you working are you on another English-language English book, book, or are you going to teach online classes? classes? What is, what next, is for the next for
1: you? There are a lot of things happening for English readers and and listeners. Now I have three published books in English. I have the first one, which is Traditional Brazilian Black Magic by Inner Traditions Publishing. It became... it. Uh, was published in 2021. Yeah, last year, 2021. New did this amazing job with the Sacred Lives book in the first semester of this year, 2022. And once again, your Inner Tradition has just released my third book in, in English, Afro-Brazilian Numerology, Awakening Your Better Self with the Wisdom of the Orishas, which is a n- Afro-Numerology course And a self empowerment too. That's the three titles that are now in the bookstores and all over the your biggest, your best bookshop, your favorite bookshop. We have in March twenty three. So in just a few months from now, Rockpool Australia is publishing the Orisha's Magic Oracle Deck. It's an amazing job performed by me and Breno Loezer, which is a Brazilian illustrator and also a Brazilian uh, Orishas pract- uh, practitioner. We, we've we created a Oracle deck that can be used as a <clears throat> meditation deck, as a uh, self-knowledge slash self-empowerment card deck that you can open up in a single card to get a Uh, Orisha's advice for your day, or you can do a full reading, and it gets the positive and negative aspects of uh, of Orisha's energy. And the the positive uh, cards have some uh, some ritual recite that you can do to awake that power to get strength to strengthen the the relation with that Orisha. And the negative card has some deep meditation questions and. Uh, insights that you can use for a personal personal growing uh, meditation you know so now we have the three books next march i'm sorry for that my throat is really i'll speak i'll I'll keep speaking to you but i'll grab a coffee because my throat is really killing me here (laughs) (laughs) so now we have the three books published the oracle that's coming on next march and also from march march or april next year and on we'll have uh some uh, two two times a year we'll have uh gatherings in my temple in brazil to attend foreigners to to attend english and spanish speakers so we'll have uh black magic kimbanda slash black magic initiations and workshops for foreigners we're just finishing a huge renovation at our temple to have uh, visitors' room and to, to, uh, for, for people be able to come to Brazil and to, tea, to, to learn and be initiated in Kimbanda and in the Sacred Leaves tradition. So we'll have some herbal magic initiations also for foreigners from March, April next year and on to the, uh, two times a year. And I'm trying to organize my schedule because there are a lot of things already coming on and a lot of things to do at the same time. But I'm trying to organize some uh, online lectures and online courses in English also to, to attend, uh, to, to foreigners to attend to.
0: I love yeah, that. that like you, like you, have you have a, a, you have have a lot have of irons in the fire, as I would say, up here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing to be busy, you know. You know? And, and you're, 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 you have a, you're preserving culture, culture which is which just is so, so important, important in this day and age when people, people would want, want to whitewash everybody and, uh, and take, take away their, their integrality. But, but got a got lot, lot of stuff problem going problem. on and I look, I look forward, forward to every, every damn day. bit of it. <laughs>
1: thank you. Thank you, Aaron. And I'm looking forward to have you here in Brazil for the workshops.
0: Uh, I was just thinking that. I'm like, how can I get to Brazil?
1: <laughs> next, next March or April, we're just about to to release the 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 official date for the workshops. But ma- next March or April, we'll have the first English eh, English speaking uh initiations and workshops in in my in my temple. So be welcome. It
0: it would, it would be, be it would be a lot, be a lot fun of fun because, because this is a this bit of a trivia, trivia about everything. me. I have never, I have never been, been outside, outside the USA. USA. <laughs>
1: And you know that I've never been to the USA. Well, we'll, you you make make your, your, we'll, we'll just do an exchange.
0: exchange. You,
1: you know, yeah, me, yeah. To with you. I was thinking about it.
0: <laughs> it, it it would be amazing, would be to, amazing, amazing to, to see you in any anywhere. United, United States, States, Brazil, Brazil anywhere. anywhere.
1: I'm thrilled to I'm thrilled to know New Orleans and Salem. So I hope oh. I can get that.
0: Oh, Orleans. Oh, yeah. I been to Salem, Salem but, New, but Orleans New Orleans is is, is the city. city. That's that's my second, that's, that's my, my first spiritual first home, home, my second, second general.
1: I'm I'm very excited to to know the the botanicas and santerias in and santeros uh, shops in in New Orleans.
0: So where can, where can people, people find, find you, you like online? online?
1: Well, the best way to find me online is on Instagram at Diego de Oshossi. Oshossi is O-X-O-S-S-I. So Diego de Oshosi on Instagram or on my website. I just released the English uh, the English version of my website this last week. So people can find me there, br uh, we we'll have we have a lot of uh, English articles about Kimbanda, about African numerology, about sacred leaves, a uh, few rituals that can be done in, in your house, and you have the recites there in the, in the blog. There is the online shop. People can get the books. Can, people can get the oracle and can join us for uh, group rituals as candle burning. Uh, they can uh, order their patois and their talismans from the spirits or from the orishas there are a lot of magical items uh, to, uh, to 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 buy in the in the in the website too so you can always find me in the website br on instagram or by email talk to at br. Well, well that's wonderful. wonderful. Uh, diego, I diego i really,
0: I really enjoyed, enjoyed visiting, visiting with you today, today.
1: Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here with you today. We had, it was a, a large, uh, how, how do we say this rightly? We, it was a long way so we could really schedule the things our schedule didn't match. And finally, we did. It's a very, I'm very happy to, to be here with you. and very honored to have this opportunity. So thank you once again. The
0: honor, the honor was on mine fine. to get to yeah, talk to somebody who has such a, such a rich, rich History, history and such and, and such, a, such history accomplishments history trying to enlighten thank the world thank
1: you thank you a lot and,
0: and the, book the book is sacred, sacred leaves, leaves published, published by Llewellyn, Llewellyn by, by Diego de a, a Ochozi
1: yeah or Ochozi is right <laughs> See,
0: I, was yeah, I was trying to say I always work so hard because people will mispronounce my name and call me Iran or the, the, they'll, butcher they'll butcher my, my last, last name. name, and and they'll say so, Maza. No, no, I go Maza. Maza. It's Italian. Ah, uh,
1: and, and and your first name? How how is the the correct spelling?
0: Uh, Aaron.
1: Aaron. Aaron. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Aaron <laughs> but, but, Maza.
0: Uh, correct. Great. <laughs> I will, I will talk, talk to you again very, very soon, Diego, soon, Diego. And, and I hope you have a great, great, great your day. day.
1: Thank you, thank you, Aaron. I hope you have a, an amazing Sunday too.